I'm excited to hear Todd Payne, one of my classmates from way back, class of 1996, to speak to us this morning. Always good to see him and his family, and um, we pray for him, and I'm excited to hear what he's got to say for us this morning. If you'll stand and we'll sing uh, Jesus Saves, page 438, verses 1 and 4. Scripture is found from Isaiah 54, the first five verses. Uh, the prophet says, Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Enlarge the place of thy tent. And let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not, lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left. And thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed. Neither be thou confounded, for thou shalt not be put to shame. For thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth, and shall not remember the reproach of thy widowhood any more. For thy maker is thine husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and thy redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. Father, we thank you to meet with us here this morning, that you're here to meet with us. Father, we thank you that you had a plan, that your word would go forth to the nations. Lord, that it wasn't just for Israel, but it was for the Gentiles as well. And Father, we thank you that there is a spirit of missions that takes this everlasting word to the ends of the earth. And Father, may we be challenged this morning. May we be open to the idea of joining you at where you're at work spreading the gospel, sharing the love of Jesus, and, Father, fulfilling the Great Commission. We just thank you again for your presence here with us. And, Father, we pray that your will and your way will be done amongst us this morning. We ask and pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you. You may be seated. 
you hearing a little bit more about getting ready from our guest speaker, Todd Payne. It's good to have him with us this morning, but it's good to have you as well. If you're one of our guests, we certainly welcome you to our service together, and we pray God's blessing upon your time with us, and more importantly, we pray that God will meet with you here, that you will encounter the living God this morning as we worship together. That is our hope and prayer. Uh, this morning we will be hearing from Todd Payne. I want to go ahead and tell you right now we will be taking up a love offering at the end of the service. It goes directly to the Hope Givers Ministry. Uh, if you are writing a check, uh, that you can make it out to Hope Givers and that, that will work, but uh, just want you to be prepared for that and know up front. But right now, we're going to stand, we're going to greet one another, we're going to be singing Send the Light. And so let's uh, stand and let somebody know you're glad that God sent them our way. have our King's Kids time. If you'll go ahead and have a seat. Any kids come on around here. And uh, we are going to talk about something that every single one of you use. I like to find items that you all have to use or need to use at least. And so today we're going to be talking about a pillow. Do any of y'all sleep with a pillow? Only like two of you sleep with a pillow? Three of you? Okay. I hope you sleep with a pillow. Because if you don't sleep with a pillow, you're going to hurt your neck and you may hurt your back, okay? And so pillows are good for you, okay? Do you know what pillows help you do? They help you sleep. You know if you don't sleep, you can get sick. Your body can't digest the food. And you can, if you don't sleep, you can even die. So that's pretty incredible. So your pillow helps you out a lot to get good sleep, to be able to function. Because how many of you, when you only get a couple hours of sleep and you go to school the next day, you're groggy? and you're mean, and you're grumpy, and you may get mad at mom and dad, okay? So sleep is good for us. Do you know that God provides rest for us as well, just like our pillow provides rest? The Bible says that God is a God of comfort, and he comforts our, you know, our pillow gives us physical rest. We lay down at night, we snore sometimes, 
Uh, you, you, your dad snores, okay, but you don't snore. All right, all right, just making sure. All right, so we lay down, and our physical body gets rest, and God rests our spiritual body. Okay, so our spiritual body needs rest just like our physical body. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter, I want to read this right, Matthew chapter 11, verse 20, it says this, Come unto me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And so God gives our physical soul rest, our spiritual soul rest. And so just as our pillow simplifies, 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 I can't say that word right now, all right, symbolizes, physical rest God's word and his um, essence gives us rest for our spiritual body okay so we need to remember that and understand that um, as we need rest in both areas so let's pray we'll get you guys to your seats and back to your class father thank you for what you've done I thank you for allowing these kids to be able to come down here today and to be able to talk about the rest that you have designed for our spiritual bodies as well as our spiritual bodies I thank you for what you've done I pray that you'll help them have a good time in their lesson today. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Line up till you go to your class. And then adults, if you have your prayer guide, we'll get that out. And we will talk about some prayer requests and some updates for you. We want to remember James Dermar. Um, he is um, continuing to recover from his stem cell replacement therapy. And so continue to pray for him. Um, as he's going through that, continue to pray for Wilma. Um, just just still about the same with her and so continue to have her in your prayers um can you pray for Dell allen several ones we've been praying for pastor steve as he's recovering from his knee replacement um and then pray for dylan fox he had his infusion this past week and uh he is uh, about the same as what it normally is when they have it they said that they've had to keep him sedated and they've had to be keeping him on benadryl because they're afraid that his body may reject this infusion um, therapy and so continue to pray for him. Very serious there um, as he had that this past week. Um, pray for uh, a couple of different things. Our, uh, we're starting a new ministry on Sunday night. We're going to be starting in about October. And it's going to be for our children's ministry. And Angela King's going to be helping lead this up. And so continue to pray for that. But if you're interested in it, some details are in the bulletin. But be praying for that. And then two big praise requests that we've been praying for. We had our Good News Club this last week. And it was our first club of the year, and we had 70, uh, right around 70, a little bit less than that, um, in our Hidden Night Club. And so that was a great praise for that. And uh, as we have a God can, so they write down prayer requests, they write down some things um, that they want us to pray for. And so I try to go through all those every week. Um, and the top request, I thought this was pretty cool, the top request from all the kids that had submitted prayer requests, some were for random things, but the majority of them said, pray for my family. And so our kids in our schools are seeing that there's trouble in their families. They're seeing that there's hurting there. And so we as a church are responsible to be praying for those things and to be reaching out for those things. Um, and then our tutor ministry, we had 41 kids this past Wednesday. So glory to God for that, for having them here. And I got a report today. I was talking to Lucas, and he said one of the middle schoolers came to him and said he had never been to church before until this past Wednesday. And when he came... He said he thought was church was just boring and you sat there and you didn't do anything. He said, man, we played games, we did our homework, we ate, and then we got to go to a small group where we got to talk about what was going on in our life. And so that's a pretty awesome praise there, um, seeing young people who have never come to church before be able to come and experience what God has for them. And so continue to pray for our ministries. We've got a lot going on inside our walls, but also outside of our walls with our pantry, 
um, our caring hearts and things like that. So continue to pray for those things. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer, and we'll continue on with our service. Father, we just want to come and thank you uh, for your blessings, Father, just allowing us to uh, partake in some things that um, you know, we, we never even thought of even a year ago, that it's you um, have allowed us to open up doors and allow us to be a part of things in our community. And I just thank you, Father, for the blessings that you've given us as a church um, as we just finished this past fiscal year. And just, Lord, just want to give you the honor for that. I thank you for uh, the, these requests that we've been seeing answered. Uh, just some awesome things that you've been, been working in people's lives and, and seeing things happen, Father. I just thank you for uh, the, the good reports we've gotten from people. And I pray also for James and Wilma as they continue to um, endure this trial, endure this struggle, Lord. And I pray for Dylan today specifically, Lord, that you would just have your hand of protection upon him, be with the family. I know that's hard is what they're going through, and, and I just pray that you would continue to be with those things. We thank you, Father, for what you're going to do. Be with Pastor Todd today as he comes and preaches your word. Give him the power and the unction to, to preach what you'd have for us today. We love you so much. In your name we pray. Amen. We'll go ahead and stand again as we take up our offering. I love to tell a story, first and last verse.
choir for that worship song. Uh, I am not going to take any uh, more of uh, Brother Todd's time than, than he is given. And so he's been with us many, many times in the past. Most of us know him. So he has uh, the pulpit, and God has put a call upon his life. So we gladly hear from our brother Todd. Y'all knew I was going to do that, didn't you? <laughs> I like that. We'll do it again. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He's worthy of our praise, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to be with you. <laughs> you can see I fixed this at Stony Point Ingenuity right there. I can't put it up there, Chuck. My ears are too big. I'll do it right there. I got a kid right in yonder. Yep, I'll do my best to. I think I can do that. While I'm turning that on, if you'll turn with me in your gospel to the book of Luke. That would be the third one. I think that the green button. I was at another church last week. The red button meant go. Go figure. That's the way they do it down at Thomasville anyway. Luke chapter 5, if you can find your place there, we'll be studying God's word from there. It's an honor. Thank you, Pastor Mitch and Sulphur Springs allowing us to be back with you again to share God's great, amazing word. Before I forget, I do have some new prayer cards. Please take one, pray for us, uh, and a lot on my mind, so listen quickly. You know, I'm going to take you on a fishing trip this morning, and um, don't worry. I know the Baptists like to leave the dock at 11 and return by 12, so um, just hold on to the boat. We'll try to get there as quick as we can. But as I'm pondering the thought this morning, you just sang a song I love to tell the? When's the last time you told it? If you're honest, probably not at all this week for the biggest part. Luke 5, if you found your place, even if you're from Alexander County, I've given you time. Would you stand with me to reverence the reading of God's Word? It is in the Gospel of Luke, chapter number 5, verses 1 to 11. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the Word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's. And he prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the what? Ship. Okay, he got in Simon's ship. Now he's teaching out of the ship. So if this is your ship and Jesus gets in your ship, he ought to teach others out of your ship. If Jesus lives in you, the message of the gospel ought to come out of the ship, out of you. I, I know this is really deep, so y'all hold on to it, okay? Keep reading with me. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your net for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing, nevertheless at thy word. I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. 
and they beckoned unto their partners which were in the other ship that they should come and help them. And I want to look at those next three words that's in the gospel this morning. And they came. And they came. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished and all that were with him at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. You may be seated. I trust the Lord will bless the reading of his word to our hearts as we study it together. How many of you have fished before? Like fishing? The rest of you need to get a life, okay? Um, go outside, turn off your TV. Amen. This is our world now, right here. That's it. That's about as far as we take life anymore. There, there's a big pond out there. There's a big place to fish. And I... I've been asked, preacher, do you like fishing? I don't like fishing, I like catching. <laughs> do you like hunting? I don't like hunting. I like finding. Y'all ever go hunting? It's boring sitting there for hours upon hours watching tree leaves blow. That's great. You sit there with your fishing rod in the water. This is my boys. Uh, and you can tell it's broke. You ever took your kids fishing? That's a waste, amen. Don't you feel like that? I mean, when you're the parent and, and that, somebody, a parent should have said amen right there. That's right. You, you should because if you've ever been in the parent's shoe, I was in the kid's shoe once upon a time in my life and I didn't know what I put my parents through teaching me to fish. It seemed like such a waste and my goodness, I've took my boys on a five-hour fishing trip, and I spend four hours and 53 minutes of it getting them untangled out of, out of limbs. You, you're re, you can see this one ain't even got line in it anymore. It seems like a waste of time. But there's that day when your little one is sitting there, and that bobber starts bobbing, Dad or Mom, and, and you see it go under, and you know he can't miss it. And he pulls back on it, and he reels it in, you can see him, I mean, he's grinning ear to ear, his teeth are, you can't smack the smile off of their face. I'm going to get to that this morning, why the church is so sad today. He's getting it in, you're just tickled to death, he's got one, you would have gave a hundred fish of you catching them, if you're a good parent, by the way, and I know some dads are like, get out of the way, boy, that's my fishing hole. But anyway, if you're a good dad, I'm saying, you're like, man, that's... That's good, son, good job. And, and you're just tickled to death that he's got one and he's pulled one in. And it's made you so happy to see your son catch a fish. I've got news for you today. Every one of you here are called to be a fisher of men. There's not one of you that is not. If you are a child of God, you are called to be a fisher of men. And growing up in the county, I've enjoyed fishing in lakes and in streams and I've fished in rivers, I, I've fished in ponds. Some of the best ponds in the county have a sign beside them that says no trespassing. So 
see you fish there too, amen, a couple of you, and uh, if you ever go to them ponds, you'll find quickly that you're not, you're not welcome there, and I can take you to a pond within the county, you don't even have to put any bait on your hook, this is God's honest truth, you can put a string and a shiny golden eagle hook in the water without a worm on it, you'll pull out a bass nine near a pound every time. And you'll, some of y'all be looking for directions after the service this morning. But the, the farmer would always shoot over your head, not to kill you, but to put the fear of God in you. And he did it, I don't know how many times when I was a young boy, I remember running through the woods many a day with a bass on the back of my line running through the oak leaves. And I don't know if you've ever been in places like that. They're not inviting, but at the same time, I can tell you, boy, what an interesting day fishing it makes for. I want to I take you to a no-fishing zone and on a no-fishing-allowed trip this morning in the place that I work at in India. Are y'all following along with the story or not? Am I over your head? God has called me to, to go and to share the good news in India, and that's, that's a no-fishing zone. But I can tell you today, boy, there's some good fishing there even when it's not allowed. I love, to, I love not only to fish, I enjoy catching fish. And by the way... I forgot to say this, it was on your screen. It said, welcome to church, but let me translate that this morning. Welcome aboard the SS Sulphur Spring today. Each and every one of you are called to be a fisher of men. He's called you to be the lights of the world and the salt of the earth. <laughs> I've been on a lot of fishing trips in my day. Anybody ever been deep sea uh, uh, fishing? Anybody? You been there? Have you been sick? Deep sea sick? That's a whole different world right there. You'll never forget that one, amen? If you ever get deep sea sick, you'll never forget it. You start, you start out that morning, you feel good, you got fishing planned in your mind, you get out several miles, you lose sight of land, and things start changing. You start changing colors. I've seen white people turn green, and we're not hooks. And I went fishing once upon a time with my Uncle Nolan. He's down from... Alexander County, he, he's dead and gone now, Alexander, and um, we went fishing with my Uncle J.D., we was out several miles in his Boston whaler, and, and Uncle Nolan was giving his offering back to the ocean, if y'all don't understand that, I'll explain it gladly after the message this morning, and as he come back over the bow of the boat, from bowing over the bow of the boat, if you will, he grinned, and he had lost his false teeth in the ocean, I never will forget that. <laughs> He was smiling as big as he could, and he didn't have a tooth one left in his head. <laughs> he, said, he said, Todd, if you ever catch that fish that's like one of them gospel fish, just give me my teeth back. By the way, I don't know if you know that, but there's a story in your Bible where Jesus tells him to go catch a fish, and it has a coin in his mouth. But at any rate, we all have fishing stories. I, and I was thinking of the day that Peter went fishing in Luke 5, and my, what a day it must have been. He's fished all night. He hasn't caught anything. He's, he's fed up. He feels like giving up, feels like giving in. Church, I want you to know something. I've felt like that dozens upon dozens, let me say hundreds upon hundreds of times in this gospel ministry that God's called me to. And if you've been what God's called you to as well, every time you get discouraged, you feel like giving up too. Let me tell you something. Launch out and let down your nets. Because God, God has something for you in mind too. <laughs> My brother-in-law, Sanisha, will be here with you Wednesday night. The first time he came, 
when the Sharon supermarket was still open, if y'all know from around here, you know where the Sharon supermarket is over near uh, the interstate. And at the Sharon supermarket, you used to get, could get some worms from over there when we fished at Lookout. And it would say on that container of worms, it was, you can't get these at Walmart, so y'all listening? Okay, it said on that styrofoam container, it said, uh, we catch fish or die trying. I like that slogan right there. I believe that ought to be every child of God's slogan. Lord, whether it be by my life or whether it be by death, Lord, I want to see a fish come into the boat because of my efforts. Uh, Ethan or Chuck, whoever's up there, if you'll get the pictures up, if I can figure out how to do that thing, I think you said left and left. Okay. And uh, I want to I take you on a fishing trip really quick today, my last fishing journey to India. By the way, every day you leave your house, I know we say it on the back of our churches, you are now entering the mission field. Every day you leave your house, you are now entering the mission field. Every day, wherever your feet are, that's the mission field. Be fishing. See fish come into the boat. Put forth effort and see God do something great through your life and through what he's called you to do. And we've all been in the pictures ahead, some, some things that we put forward. I like to call that bait, amen? Y'all know what bait is? You put that on the hook, that's the worm. And uh, if you've got, you got bait, you've got a better chance of catching a fish, or you've got a better chance of finding a deer in the woods if you put bait out. You say, what's bait? Well, that's food. And so thank you, Sulphur Springs. I want to say thank you for the many, many chickens that's been slaughtered in your name, amen. Thank you so much for giving gospel birth throughout the country to a lot of places. You can see I'm Baptist. I like to eat all the food pictures there. But anyhow, uh, thank you for clothing. Y'all had part of giving clothes. That's bait as well. Whenever you give a kid clothes year after year, they begin to wonder, why is this guy giving me clothes? And why does he do that? Why does he give me shoes? And why does he give us backpacks, as you'll see in some of the pictures ahead? Why does he give us toothbrushes and paste? Why do we do that? It's bait. And if you show people the love of Christ, eventually he said, I believe these were the words of Jesus. If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to the boat. I'll bring the fish in. Now, I want you to get the gist of what this gospel message is today. We're called to be fishers of what? We catch a fish, we bring them in the boat, we put them in, I like to call that the live well. Y'all ever been fishing? That's a live well. Now, if you're a fisherman, why do you put a fish in the live well? I'm not talking to tournament fishermen, okay? I know there's a lot of term, tournament Baptists, okay? I'm not talking about tournament fishermen. If you're a tournament fisherman, well, we got the live well to keep them alive until we get them to land so that we can get them weighed in and win the contest. This is no contest I'm telling you about today. This is not a, this is not a competition. The live well for a, a fisherman, you put the fish inside to die because you're going to eat him anyway whether you kill him in the boat or when you get him home, amen? Am I right or wrong, fisherman? That's what we're going to do with him. How dare you? Let's start an organization to save the whales. Save the fish, right? Good Lord, that's what we do. We bring the fish in the boat. We put them in the live well to die. I'll be buried in the likeness of his death and raised in the likeness of his new life. He puts fish in the live well, and you know what they come out as? 
I know this is going to blow some of your mind. People have asked me, Preacher, do you believe in evolution? I tell them, yes. Don't invite him back, Brother Mitch. <laughs> You'll get over it. If evolution was true, would monkeys still not be becoming men? I know some of you look like monkeys, but that, I'm just kidding. I, please get over that. I apologize. What God does is he takes fish, puts them in a, in a live well, if you will, and he brings them out as fishermen. He's the only captain that I know that can take a goat and transform him into a sheep, who can take a sinner and transform him into a saint, take a blind man and transform him into a man or woman who has their sight, who takes a lost man and gives them their way. Boy, what a, what a God we have today. Do you believe in evolution? I do Jesus' way. Because he's still saving sinners today, whoever will call upon the name of the Lord. I'm grateful for such a fishing boat to be part of. I'm, I'm grateful for the bait that churches like you and others have helped to provide. We, we gave backpacks this year. Now, with that in mind, I've given you the fishing gist and how this thing works, okay? I want you to know that's why we do what we do. You show the love of Christ continually to see others come to Christ eventually. That's what we do. Why do you keep doing it? Don't give up in, in doing good, the Apostle Paul said. Continue in that. We, we gave out backpacks this year. Y'all know Steph Curry's got a line of backpacks. Well, so does Todd Payne. I'm a limited edition. There are only like 60 of them made in the world, and uh, they're all in this part of India. But they put my name on the backpack, Pastor Mitch, because uh, they told me every time, every time we get our books out, we want to remember that God provided that. We want to pray for you and thank God for you. Church, I hear, hope you heard the story today in Luke 5. And they came. They're partners. And church, there's nothing greater that you have to do as a child of God than decide for yourself to come and to join in what God is doing. Wherever you are, whether it's at McDonald's or Walmart or at your college or uh, in your school, I'm telling you, children, today, the reason I'm sharing this message with you is fishing is not allowed in your schools anymore. Keep fishing. Keep fishing. It's not allowed to share God's Word at your workplace. Keep fishing. Your job is temporary. Your eternity is in Jesus. Share the good news of the gospel wherever your feet stand with whoever God gives you the opportunity to do so. I'm grateful to have partners. I like, that's my partners, Brother Mitch. I like them. I like people who pray for me, and that's why I'm asking you today, the greatest thing I'm asking you for today, please pray for me and our endeavors as well as we leave to go back this coming December. Shoes, again, bait. We give out, uh, y'all helped this past year in putting bedding on some of our beds in India. Thank you so much. You can see some of the old beds that's lasted decades, and there's some homes that still don't have beds to sleep on. Uh, that's a fishing boat. That's about, uh, that's about from here to your piano. Is that a piano or organ? Whatever that thing is over there. That, that's about the size of that church building. And that, that's a boat, okay? We built three of them this year. That's not bad for a no fishing zone. And we built three of them this year. And you know, you fit 115 Indians in that. 
People, people ask me from the travel agencies when I call in India, Pastor Mitch has been with me and booked for folks to, to, uh, to travel with and the taxis. They say, now, Brother, Brother Todd, is that, for, is that for Indian or is that for Americans? Because you can't fit but like 15 Americans in that church, right? You can fit 100 Indians in it. We need our space on the boat, right? We need our, we need our comfort in the boat. Are y'all following what I'm telling you or not today? We've turned our boats into cruise liners, into fantasy ships, into, into this, that, and the other. And God's never called you into a comfort zone in Christianity. He's called you to be fishers of... That's called a fishing boat, to the best of my knowledge. He's inviting you, and they came. God, I'm going to get off the luxury liner, and I'm going to come, and I'm going to start fishing again. That'd be all right. I'd like to see God's people start catching fish again instead of going through a routine boat ride Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. You'd be mad at me if you want to. You have to stand before the captain too someday and tell him how many fish you caught. It's a good thing to build boats, but the boats are not what it's about. The boat, I want to look at three things today, okay? I've got, a, I've got just a little bit of time left. I want to look at the boat, I want to look at the boat trip, and the boat's triumph, because all three of them is in this story today. That's the inside of one of the boats. We built a two-story boat. This is an orphanage that we dedicated in February this year. That's a two-story boat. You see up on top of it? I'm the white guy right there in the middle. Uh, that, that's, uh, that's 40 fish in the live well. Why you got them in the live well, Brother Todd? Waiting for them to die. All 40 kids. And one day, you know what? After they keep hearing the gospel and keep hearing the gospel and keep hearing the gospel, there'll come a day when Jesus will do a great work that only Jesus can do in that child's life. And he'll change them just like he changed you if he's changed you. But if he's not, he'll change you today if you'll let him. That's the God that we serve, and that's what he can do. But I, I'm grateful for Brother DeLeap. He's, he's one of them fishermen. Y'all ever been fishing with a fisherman who could just, they could catch anything, it didn't matter if they bounced it off the rock around the tree and just hung it right over the water. They'd still catch like a 90-pound bass or whatever. They, they'd just pull a monster out of the water. Or you could put DeLeap up on a telephone pole on 64.9, and he'd kill like a 15-pointer. I mean, he's just one of them fishermen. People say, well, how does he do it? How, how does those fishermen catch those fish like that? How does those hunters kill those deer like that? How do they do that? Well, this is really, this is really hard to get. Are y'all ready for this? They go. Now, I know that's really deep. They go, and they actually try. I know that, that is hard to, it seems like we can't grasp that. We don't, evidently, because it doesn't seem like anybody's going anymore or anyone's trying anymore. You say, how do you know? Look at the fishing story. Lord, we fished all night and, and we've not caught anything, but nevertheless, we'll go. And they came. You have to come to the place where you decide I'm going to come and keep fishing and not give up. Thank you for helping us to help some widows this year as well. We put in two whales in the past picture that was there. These four girls was in a place, y'all ever, I, if it's live, I'll get over it. But anyway, y'all ever been interrogated by the FBI of the United States? 
No, well, I have in India for two days. It's called the CBI. That's the Central Board of Investigation. I don't know. Not all fishing trips are fun. And this trip to Moneypour, India, cost me about two days of my life asking, why are you here? Why are you fishing? What, are y'all following the story this morning? What bait are you using? Hey, fishing isn't allowed. <laughs> fishing isn't allowed. But these four girls are part of a, a home called Tabitha House. And if you ever get to come, I'd love to take you to Tabitha House. You may be investigated too, but I, I want you to know that these kids are worth it. Forty girls, of those four girls that's right there, not a single one of them will see past the age of 18. They'll all die because of HIV infection they was all born with. And every single one of them that you see right there, they'll do lucky to hit 14. So what do you mean, preacher? I mean... I'm glad I got to meet Pastor Sam Shook and, and the ministry that he does with those girls and become involved with them. Every two months, we send about $1,000 to $1,500 just for HIV medicine. You know what other fishing boats have told me? Y'all ready? Now, I'm talking about good fishing boats. Now, I ain't even got time to get into the fact that not only are there good fishing boats, they're bad fishing boats, but other good fishing boats have told me, hey, Brother Todd, that's a waste of bait. Really? That's a waste of bait? Are you, do I need to put it in layman's terms? You're wasting our funds for kids that are going to die anyway. And they told me that. I said, brother, so are you. So are you. And let me tell that to every single soul that's sitting here at Sulphur Springs Baptist today. Death's batting 100% right now. And unless Jesus Christ comes back, you're going to die too someday. And if you do not know the gospel message and you have not accepted Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, I've got news for you. You're going to end up on the wrong side of this thing too. I want to thank God for the old chip of Zion that passed by my way someday and gave me an opportunity to become not just a fish. He changed me to become a fisher man. He's changed you if you're truly a child of God today. But I'm grateful to meet them, boy, they was worth every, every 48 hours of it, Brother Mick. If you want to know more about that, you're welcome to stick around. But uh, I had some great gospel crusades. I seen, do y'all know fishermen are the best liars? Caught one this big. I want you to see their arm, but fish are really but like the size of their finger. You start out in the morning, you catch one this big. By the time the end of the day comes, it's, it's a wall hanger, wasn't it? Isn't that right, fishermen? <laughs> I know fishermen who have been to India, and boy, they've seen whole tribes saved. <laughs> 15,000 15, in one meeting. <laughs> Good Lord. I'm like, man, that's awesome. Can God do that? Sure he can. But if everybody told the truth, India would have been saved three times over, and our world would have already been born again. Jesus would have already came. But evidently, somebody's lying because the Bible sure ain't. Amen. We've seen 82 this past trip come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm grateful for that. We fished in a fishing spot that had never heard the gospel. Y'all ever been to a pond that ain't been fished in a while or never been fished? You can spit in the water and they'll eat it. Y'all mean, I know you've done it. No, oh, you're in church, Brother Todd. You've done that too. And there they come. They'll eat anything you throw in there. But I'm glad, I'm glad to tell you today that I'm glad I had a message that was the truth. And I'm grateful. You want to talk about starting with the people who've never heard? That's my brother-in-law, Sinise. We, 
we, we was there for four days to share the good news of the gospel with these people, to share the message of the cross and to start from the beginning because they've never heard Jesus' name before. 32, 32 in one cast. That'll make a fisherman smile right there. You ain't smiled lately in church. It's because you ain't catching no fish. Amen. I'll smile for you. But I'd like to see you smile too. And they came. You see, it's your part that you have to decide, I'm going to fish too. You can go ahead and sit there with, with your Baptist frown, but God's not looking for Baptist frown, and he's looking for fishers of men. That's what he's looking for today. I don't have time to tell you. Can y'all count? That was a question. Okay, how many is on the motorcycle? Let me, excuse me, let me put this in Alexander County. Term. How many is on the liquor sickle? Oh, goodness, can y'all not count? Okay, I was just wondering. Okay, eight, that's right. There's eight there for those of you who can see. Otherwise, put your glasses on. But anyhow, there's eight people on that bike. We stopped in, we pulled in, and this is the situation. We rolled down the window. It looks like an interesting story at best. We rolled down the window. I said, I said sir, what's going on here? He said, we're writing, we're writing this family a ticket. We're writing the, the driver of the bike a ticket. I said, why? He said, he got a helmet on. I never will forget that. I said, I said really, you, you're writing him a ticket because the driver don't have a helmet on? He said, yeah. I said, man, if he falls, he'll hit a wife or a kid. He's okay. <laughs> he started laughing, and he rips up the ticket, Brother Mitch. Now, normally they take the money, and they buy tea with it, or they'll buy alcohol with it, or they'll buy something with it like that. But he rips up the ticket. He said, you know what? I'm sorry, and he leaves. And that's where I'm at. I'm right here in the window. And Anil driving the bike. He said, what'd you do that for? I said, Anil, I've been in tough times in my life too, and I wish somebody would have stopped and helped me. I wish somebody would have been there for me. Anil said, didn't have to, and then you know what? We got to go on and we got to, we got to put a net down. Do you know where Anil and seven other souls was Sunday morning? It's on the boat. Several months ago, y'all know what? Anil and his wife and one of the children have already died in the live well. We got about four more to go, or five. Are y'all following the story or not today? Church today, God is looking for people who will be fishers of men. What are you doing there, Brother Todd? I'm selling corn on the Burma border. Why? Because our buses broke down and we're three hours behind. What do you do? Do you get mad? Oh, goodness, my bus broke. Or do you sell corn with an old Burmese lady? You've got better chances of catching a fish, not angry, but selling corn. I sold more corn that day than any other Burmese did. That's right. And you know what I got to share while I sold it? There's a God that loves you. By the way, my wife and, and children there with my brother-in-law, Sanish. I'm grateful that Jyoti, Pastor Mitch, you may remember her. She served in the Team Indy house. She was a fish that was taken away from us and by God's grace returned back. I don't like pirate ships, by the way. That's ice cream. That's the, some of the best bait that you can have. Amen. If y'all ever do ice cream socials at church, you'll know what I'm talking about. But... That's all for the pictures today, Ethan. I don't know if you've got a little magic switch up there if you do, but um, I'm grateful. Thank you so much for being part.
I have a thank you from, uh, from a, a child that was changed in Jesus' name. I am grateful to share that with you. He was a child who worshipped Shiva. Now he worships a Savior by the name of Jesus. And that's a thank you from one of the fish that is now a fisherman. So what is that, Brother Todd? You know what? Churches have become professionals at dwelling in the past. Y'all ever go into a, I was in, I went to Baton Rouge. They dropped me off at a believer's house at 9 o'clock at night. I don't know him from Adam's house cat. It's my second trip to Baton Rouge. I go in. This guy's got moose heads on the wall. He's got fish. They're going to a class reunion of 60 years. I'm like, this dude's old. He's going to come home and shoot me. He's got all kinds of wall mounts on there, big fish. And I'm thinking, man, this is an interesting home. But it reminded me of what, you know, most churches, they dwell in the past in their wall. But look at my wall. Do, do you see all the, are y'all following this story or not? Am I making sense to anybody at Sulphur Springs today? Look at that big fish that we've caught in the past. That ought to be enough to make it home. Church, that's not the stopping point in Christianity. It's actually the starting point, and most people never get past the starting point of the calling that God has for them, and they can. I'm looking for somebody to come today and join this fishing trip that God has called you and me to. Can I have, can I have about five or ten minutes? Is, any, is anybody angry if I take five or ten minutes? If you are, you need to repent because Jesus don't like anger. Okay, so say, Lord, forgive me for my anger. I'm, part, I'm, I'm just mad to be on the boat this morning, and I'm, I'm telling you, God will bless you for it. The boat, I want to look at the boat, and, and I tell you what, for your, for your sake and for all, all of our sake, we'll just look at the boat today. How's that? that? That fine? Jesus got on board the boat. What happened? Everything changed. And I'm talking about this boat as a corporate boat. I'm talking about this boat as your lifeboat. When Jesus comes in your boat personally, as he did on Simon's ship personally, he'll change you personally. That's what he'll do. He changed the boat from a place of the I have to's into a place of I want to's, into a place of intimacy. People come to church because, you know what, I had to go to church this morning. I remember those days when I was little. My dad woke me up. I didn't want to go to church. Now, some of you may be there right now. You didn't want to come this morning. I, I had to get pretty. Didn't work. I'm just kidding. But anyway, I had to do this, and I had to do that. Just as I could come. I have to go to. No, you don't. It's not an I have to. Whenever Jesus gets on the boat, it becomes an I want to. I want to be it. There's no place I'd rather be this morning than at Sulphur Spring on, on this boat with you on this boat journey because God's got something to say when he gets on board the boat. It changes everything when Jesus is on board. I love when people put these stickers on the front of their car. What do you call it? The license plate covers it. says, God is my co-pilot. God help you. You better switch your seat as quickly as you can. Amen? Because God has to be and must be the captain of your boat in order, in order for the boat to be changed. It, it changed into a place of intimacy. It changed into a place of instruction. Did you read the story with me? The Bible says he sat down and he taught them from the ship. That's what he does. Every time you come to God's house, I don't know, I wrote down your prayer request, Brother James. 75 kids, what an awesome thing. You know how I remember that? I wrote it down from the Good News Club to pray for their families. Man, 
What a touching thing that kids actually see that their families are messed up. They need Jesus. And if you don't take it to them, no one will. No one. You know why I wrote that down? Because God's man said that. You know, when I come to church, when I go to any church, it doesn't matter if I'm in a conference, if I'm speaking, or if, I, or if I'm sitting there listening, I've got a pen and I've got a paper writing down what God says to me. Because every time Jesus comes on the boat, he's got something to say to you. Whether it's through this man of God or through that man of God. By the way, co-captains, thank you for letting a mate share with your other mates today what God has said to me. But when God says something to you, you ought to write it down. Brother Todd, I've been here for 95 years. I ain't ever wrote down the first note. I remember every message spoke at Silver Springs Baptist Church. I bet you don't. You probably don't remember last week. I love when people leave God's house and say, Preacher, I really love what you had to say today. And I like to catch him. I'm like, which part did you like him particularly? <laughs> well, you, you know that part about where Jesus saved. Oh, that's a good cop out. <laughs> Write down what God has to say to you. Because every jot and every tittle of God's word matters. And when, it, when God gets on the boat, you'll fall not only in love with him intimately, you'll fall in love with his word instructively. Because God's got something to say to every single soul who's sitting here. He sat down and he taught them. He's got something to say to you today. I hope he's speaking to you. I know he is. I just don't know if you're listening or not. But God will speak to you. He got on the boat. It became a place of instruction. It became a place of intimacy. It became a place of irritation. Y'all ever been irritated at church? Some of you are truthful. The rest of you need to stop lying. When Jesus gets on board, you know what? It becomes irritated sometimes to the fishermen. Hey, we fished all night. Let me, let me give you a nice way of what Peter's trying to say. Now, in BCAD, these guys are the pro-fishermen of the day. They're the Bill Dance. They're the uh, Jimmy Houstons. They're, they're the best of the best of BCAD fishing trips. They, they've got fishing down pat. They know how to do it. They're no dummies in the game. That's their livelihood. They know the way. They know the how-to. So what Peter is kindly saying, have y'all ever tried to educate God? Lord, we fished all night. Did you see the command in the story or not? Let down your nets. That's an S on the back of the word. From Stony Point to, they, they teach us down there at Stony Point Elementary School, if you put an S on the back of the word, do you know that means more than one? Are you aware of that? The same up here in Hidden Nights. And if you don't put an S, y'all know what that means? It means one. In this story, God said, give me everything you've got. Give me your nets. That's, read it again. You're welcome to. And Peter said, you know what? In my kindest way of saying, you're a carpenter. We're fishermen. Let, let me just prove it to you. Here's my net. One. And God takes, God takes one net and he sinks two boats. I don't have time for it today, but as far as I know, I want you to know that's probably the record of the most fish ever caught off of one command. Put that in your Guinness book, amen? You don't ever hear good things, but that's a good thing right there. Y'all y'all ever been pure fishing? I, I'm going I'm to wrap up. I know some of y'all are ready to go, go back to the shore. 
get off the boat ride. Mad at the mad at the mate because he's told the truth today. Okay. Y'all ever seen people catching fish? They just giddy. Throw over there at that rock, James. James, like, oh yeah, look at that. Let me let me use scripture. Look at there, James. Ooh, that's a big one. Throw over there beside that tree, James. I caught one. Of, James says, Oh, look at there, John. Look, I got a big one. And you just you couldn't smack your spouse. <laughs> look, I still got one on there. You can't smack the smile off somebody who's catching fish's face. But you let them go out there and fish all night and they ain't caught nothing. Welcome to church. Sorry. Welcome to the boat. I hope y'all are following the story this morning because that's, that's what God said. Y'all ever been pier fishing? You can see them in the water, little ones and big ones. And when you see a big one, if you're, if you're the father, you look, you're looking in the water, you see the big one, your son's over there, he's got, he's got the bait and tackle. You're like, hey, boy, bring me the rod. And he's like, hey, daddy, here you go. And he gets it over there to you. Like you can get the fish out of the water. And you're seeing the big fish there at the pier, and you think, well, if I get the rod in my hand, I can get him out. Well, watch this, boy. You put it down in there, you put the worm on the end, you put it right down in front of the big fish's face, don't you? And what does he do? Some of you have been there, too. He goes left or he goes right. He, he, he goes completely the opposite, don't he? I mean, you, like Brother Todd, what do you, what's the problem? I've done everything I need to. I've put forth the effort. I've given him what they want. Why can't I catch the fish? It, it's... Let me tell you something. Most fishermen's just a bunch of luck. I know everybody thinks, well, this fisherman's better. No, no, no. It's just effort, just trying, just sticking with it. Don't give up what I'm telling you. You won't catch every fish that you, that you go for. Y'all ever been pier fishing at the ocean? Now, I enjoy that. Now, you go down there, you, you fish with squid and you fish with shrimp. I went in there this year at Oak Island. I bought me a thing of shrimp. It was $9.95. I said, forget that. I took them home and cooked them myself. You put enough shrimp in front of Todd, you'll catch a Todd, hey, amen, I like them. And I thought, boy, I ain't wasting $9.95, I'll take them home, and I did. I barbecued them myself, Brother Mitch, and I had me some shrimp right there. Say, Brother Todd, that's terrible, why don't you just go catch a fish? I'm telling you, don't do it the Todd way, do it the God way. Todd will give up. God said never give up. It'll cost you something. It'll take you in the heat of the day. It'll cost you something to get that fish to where it needs to be. And if you ever want to see somebody come to the Lord because of your efforts, it's going to cost you something too. And I want, I want to share this before we close. Our musicians, if y'all want to, you can make your way forward. I know y'all are glad. We're almost to land. Y'all come slowly though, okay? As, as they're coming. Our churches today have become aquariums. That's, that's what they are. My mom's got a, a beautiful 55-gallon aquarium. She puts the color rocks in them that she wants. I'm telling you, you've got a pretty, pretty vessel. But our churches are aquariums today. We put the rocks in them we want. We make it bubble when we want to. We, we put the kind of castle in. that we, we make the lights come on here and wherever we want to. And can I even say this? We even put the kind of fish in it that we want to. Reminded me of the Finding Nemo story. Y'all ever... Watch that movie. It's a good movie, by the way. Good clean. In, in, that, in that aquarium, they're, they're clownfish. Welcome to the clown. Call me a clown. If you're not catching fish, I'm calling you a clown. How dare you? Get on it. 
go see. Go see someone come into the boat. If everyone at Sulphur Springs caught one fish this year, one fish, are y'all following the story or not? Can somebody say amen? If every fisherman who, that you claim to be a fisherman, you're here, you're on the fishing boat, you're part of the fishing tour, if every one of you caught a fish and didn't let it go, can you imagine next year? Just in 360, let me give you a challenge. One year, just one year fishing journey, just bring one. Everyone here. Everyone here, just bring one. I'm not fishing. Well, you're not born. Because God changes fish into fishermen. <laughs> my, my wife, if she comes with Shanice on Wednesday, give her a hard time. She come the first time to, to America. She grew up in a home, didn't have electricity, running water. Um, lucky to have the next meal. And, and we went fishing at a pond nearby in the county, and we was brim fishing with, with worms, and, and we put... I put put in and I caught I caught a little uh, a, a little brim it wasn't quite the size of the palm of my hand and I pulled it in and I took it off and I threw it back in. Y'all ever seen a hen flog a rooster? That's what it looked like on the. <laughs> I thought she was gonna beat me with her fishing. Why'd you do that for? Why'd you throw that fish back in? She said, "Man, that was food. That, we was gonna eat that." Why would you do something like that? I said, well, here in this county, we have a rule. If it ain't hand size, we normally don't keep them. She said, use my hand. <laughs> she got little hands. <laughs> Welcome to church. Doesn't fit our criteria, so. Can somebody say amen today? Can I share one more story and I'll be done? I went catfishing with my dad when I was about 13, 14 years old. Dad worked construction. I do too. I understand what it's like to be tired and still have to do things with your children. And on the weekend, he'd take me on Saturday nights and he would, he'd already catch a dozen or two big catfish. And I mean big ones. Have them in the live well. I'm sitting there fishing with the same stuff. And I can't, I can't hook a tree. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, man, get on my rod, catfish. I fish for hours. And Dad, he's, done call, he's waiting on me to catch one so we can go home. He's falling asleep up there under the ladder. He's tired. He, he's, he's up there snoring. I'm like, man, this is the worst fishing trip ever. I, I said, you know what? It's, it's over. I'm, I'm going to fix this. I opened the live well. I pulled out a big catfish and rehooked it, put it over the side of the boat. And I said, look here, Daddy. Had my rod been over to the side. Thank God it didn't get off. I wouldn't be preaching at Silver Springs this morning. I was sitting there with that thing over the side of the boat, and I had that thing pulled up right there, and Daddy said, boy, that's looks like a good, good and get him in. And I pulled him back over there to where Dad was. Dad wanted to be Dad, and uh, he, he got it there, and he, he took it out of its mouth. He said, boy, it looks just like the one I caught. <laughs> it's got two holes in its mouth. He opened the live well, he said, he said, boy, that is my fish, ain't it? I didn't know Dad could count, <laughs> but he could. Welcome to church.
welcome to church. You just laugh at every boat that's out there this morning. Because from live well to live well, from boat to boat, I got mad at this boat, I'll just go to another boat. As you play softly whatever song that's on your heart. Welcome to church. Let me try a couple memory verses in closing. You are the light of the church. Right or wrong? Hmm. I didn't do too good in, in memory verse class, Brother Mitch. I'll try one more. You are the salt of the Sunday school class. I missed another one. But if we taught it like we see it, just about right. Wherever he leads, when you go, and they came. You know, and they came means something. They had, they had to make a decision to join in what was going on out there. They had to actually untie themselves from the dock and join in on what God was doing. I don't know when the last time you caught a fish was, but if you haven't caught one in a while, I'd encourage you to come to the captain and ask him for some advice today. Now, but if you have, you stay right where you're at. You say, Brother Todd, you're trying to get me to come? No, I'm not. I'm trying to see somebody come fish with me because I'd love, I'd love for God's people to get the gist that there is a harvest and the labors are few. If you haven't caught one in a while, won't you come today and let God do a work that only he can for you as a fisherman? Stand with me this morning, heads bowed, eyes closed. Would you let God have his way? Your ministers are here to pray with you. You need to come this morning, won't you come? Sister Heather, what number is it? You want to sing, sing. But if you want to catch, you come.